Welcome to Far Better, where we look to be pleasing to God in this life, so our eternity is far better. Again, I am your host, Michael Clark, and I'm glad that you're with us today. In our show notes, there will be a link or at least a username for all of our social media outlets. We'd love it if you'd give us a follow, and also our email address is included in that. As always, if you have a question, a comment, or an episode idea, we'd love to hear from you. And today we're going to talk about humility, specifically Jesus' teachings on humility. And I, I think of no one better to teach me how to be better and how to be more humble than the Lord. Can you? I know that I can't. But I want us to explain humility today. So let's explain humility. Humility, it's, it's a modest or low view of one's own, own importance or humbleness. That's the dictionary's definition at least. But you find a sharp contrast when you look at words like arrogant or haughty. Haughty is something that means you're superior and disdainful towards others. And arrogant is someone who has a revealing of an exaggerated sense of their own importance or abilities. You know, there have been many people in the world who have this arrogant and haughty attitude. Probably the most popular place that you'll find this is the sporting world, right? You have people saying things like Roger Clemens, who said, my only day off is when I pitch. Or what about Mike Tyson, who would say, I will fight any man, any animal, and if Jesus were here, I would fight him too. Muhammad Ali was once quoted being on an airplane and he hadn't buckled his seatbelt yet and the stewardess came over to him and told him that he needed to buckle his seatbelt. He replied, Superman don't need no seatbelt. To which she replied, Superman don't need no plane. And it's amazing how sometimes our self-worth inflates and we get this arrogant reaction about us when we are asked questions or put in situations and all of a sudden People look at us in a different way. And so as we explain humility today from the eyes of Jesus, I want us to first talk about the explanation that he gives of humility in prayer. Jesus was such a great person of prayer. And I'm not at times. I think a lot of us aren't. We say that we are and we think that we are, but really if we truly look at our prayer lives, I think for many of us, the main times that we pray are in church and at a dinner table. If it's not the case for you, then that's great, and I know that I could be a lot more like you. But I know for me, there are several times in my life where I think I need to be praying better. Pray for me if you're one of those people that we're talking about that has this down, that I can get the type of prayer life that I need in my own life. I know one of the ways that I can get it, though, is by looking at Jesus' example of prayer and I want us to look at the model prayer. The model prayer. This is, of course, found in Matthew 6 and verse 15 through 13. And Jesus gives a lot of explanations on how I'm expected to pray. First, that's what he tells me in verse 5. I am expected by the Lord to pray, which tells me that I don't get an opportunity to say, if I pray today, I need to be saying when I pray today. He goes on to inform me what I shouldn't do in the next few verses. I can't be hypocritical in my prayer. Why is that the case? Well, Jesus said that there were people who would pray because they loved to be seen of men. 
And so they would stand in the middle of the synagogue and in the corners of the streets, and they would begin to pray around noon because that is the most highly trafficked time of the day. And these Pharisees, who were supposed to be leading people in the right path, were more concerned with inflating their own self-worth and ego. Their motivation was not humility. So Jesus tells me, I can't be hypocritical in my prayer. I can't pray one way and live another. But I also, according to Matthew 6, 6 through 8, have to have a private prayer life. I can't just pray publicly like the Pharisees did. I have to have a private prayer life. And in fact, I have to have a prayer life that is so secretive that some people don't even know I do it. That's the true Christian view of praying. I can pray an eloquent prayer, and you could pray an eloquent prayer to be seen of men, and it will only be heard by those men. But I can go into my room with no one present, and I can pray to the Lord, and no one else on this earth will hear me. But the most important being will. A private prayer life is so important. And the Lord expects prayer to be a practice of mine. I've got to get better at doing this. You and I, if we're not doing it the way we need to, we've got to get better at doing this. Why would Jesus teach me how to pray and teach me that he expects me to pray if a prayer is a foolish endeavor? But There's another prayer that Jesus talks about with the Pharisee and the publican where we get a nice contrast actually shown to us because in the model prayer, we're told how we ought to pray. And he alludes to the people who pray to be seen of men. But we don't really have an example of that. But we do in the Pharisee and the publican. And I want you to notice the prayer of the publican. The publican is the man who is so beaten down by his own lack of worth that he says, without even looking toward heaven, God be merciful to me, a sinner. But you see, the interesting thing is that the Pharisee's prayer was completely different. And his prayer is a prime example of the phrase, you can be right and still be wrong. Because he prayed to the right source but had the wrong attitude. And his prayer was completely focused on his successes in light of other shortcomings. He even would state in the prayer, I'm thankful I'm not like this publican. I'm so much better than him. And you know the only way to be a strong and faithful Christian is to look in the spiritual mirror and to see what corrections I need to make. That's what James told me I need to do. And that's what the publican did. He wouldn't even look toward heaven because he believed he wasn't worthy to look toward heaven. In Ephesians 3, Paul would state that he is less than the least of the saints. How could Paul, an apostle, say that about himself? Because he understood that without Christ, he was nothing. And he would go on to say that in other places in the Bible where he wrote, By the grace of God, I am what I am. Jesus shows me how to have humility in my prayer life. And I've got to have it. But specifically speaking to preachers, I guess for the next few moments, not that these things won't apply to any of us, we're all expected to preach the gospel to someone. 
But Jesus shows me an incredible sense of humility in his preaching. And that's my goal as a preacher, to imitate him in the way that he preached the gospel message. And that should be your goal, too. And when we lose sight of that, we need to take a breather and go back to the Lord's example and see what his intentions were behind preaching. So what should you and I imitate in our preaching lives? In our lives as ministering to other people the gospel message. Number one, I think you and I can remember and understand that Jesus did not preach with an intention to become prominent on earth. In John 6, 11 through 15, Jesus had fed the multitudes that were present, and they want to make him a king. And in fact, they're going to take him by force. But Jesus refused this and miraculously walked through the midst of them. Then what was the point of Jesus coming if it wasn't to rule this earth? Jesus came to preach the gospel, but not to become the sole prominent ruler of this earth on earth. And I wonder at times if we've gotten it backwards. If we've gotten a mentality and a mindset that this life is all about becoming popular and famous and doing all of the things that make me worth something to the people of this earth, meanwhile we're worth nothing to the Lord. It won't benefit me or anyone else in this life to be seen of men. Paul would say that he didn't want to please men in Galatians. It wasn't his purpose. wasn't his intent. Neither did Jesus. Another thing that Jesus had in his mind when he preached, though, was that he was not trying to become a sole focus over God. I find it amazing when I study the book of John that there are several different occasions where John records Jesus accepting worship but would ultimately throw focus back onto the Father. Passages like John 15, 19, and 30, or John 5, 19, and 30, I should say, or John 6, 38, John 7, 16, and 28, 8, 28, and verse 42 as well. All of these passages, Jesus puts an importance on noticing the Father over himself. And you know, it had to be a temptation for Jesus, who was tempted in all points as we are tempted, to maybe, just maybe, take the focus from the Lord and put it on himself. Couldn't Jesus have made it all about himself? You know, at times we, as human beings, will take glory for things that are not ours to take. Jesus never had that mentality. He never took what wasn't his, and he always gave back to the Lord. So let's apply these two for us. Why, if Jesus never preached with an intention to become popular in this world, do we try to show others how great we are? And what we have done. Have you ever heard the individual who says certain things like, Well, I've done this for Christ, and I've done that for the Lord, and I've done this for the church, and I do this because I love the Lord so much, and I want to do... But did Jesus ever have to say that to people? Or did he just do it? I think it's 
important for us to realize in a world that is so focused on giving credit where credit is due, that that's not the mentality of the church and of a servant. Because if the Apostle Paul, who probably did unknown amounts of good that we don't even have recorded in Scripture, if he could say that he is the least of all of the Christians, what should I say? What should you say? How can I ever elevate myself above the Lord to try to get a prominent place on this earth? I know what the people on this earth have that have a prominent place. And I know what they have coming to them. And it's not what I want. And I hope it's not what you want. But then secondly, we have a problem at times in this world of people trying to become the sole focus over God even. Their views and their thoughts and their way becomes more important than God's. If the Son of God, who came to this earth to save us from our sins, could sit there and say, I and my Father are one, but I have been sent by the Father. I have come to do His will. If Jesus Christ can say that, what do I need to say? And what do you need to say? Jesus' understanding in this life was that the Father deserved glory and honor, and his preaching showed that. I want to leave you today with this. I I heard of a story of two different public speakers that spoke on the same man. I believe it was Abraham Lincoln. And the very first night as the first man spoke about Abraham Lincoln, the people were leaving after the speech had ended, and they were saying the same thing over and over again. Wasn't that a great speaker? Wasn't he just so dynamic and and amazing? The second night, another lesson was given about Abraham Lincoln. And as people filed out of that speech, this is what was being said. Isn't Abraham Lincoln such a great man? Who did the better job? I would submit to you that the second man did because he taught the man, not himself. And when I preach and teach the message of Jesus, I have to make sure that people walk away from me and say, isn't Jesus Christ the greatest individual that we could serve? Isn't God the greatest being that we can be a part of, the family? Do I do that? Do we do that? Do we justify certain things that we shouldn't be justifying because they make us feel good? Maybe we do. We have to stop if we are. As we've explained humility today, we haven't really explained it, have we? Jesus has. I want to thank you for tuning in to Far Better... Don't forget the show notes includes all of our social media links that you can follow us and ask us questions and give us episode ideas. And I want us all to remember to please God now so that our eternities are far better. In our next episode, we're going to talk about Jesus' humble ministry.